whatever door you open in my brain, I want you to shut it now. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. I can do that. Close your eyes. Okay. Just like last time, I want you to just focus and concentrate. Listen to the sounds of the room. Listen to the sounds of your breathing. Look at the back of your eyelids. Do you see anything there? Could you just get to it, please? All right, all right. I want you to pretend you're back in the movie theater. It's very dark. And in the whole pitch black theater, there's only one thing you can see, and that's the white screen. And as you focus on the screen, you'll begin to drift closer to it in your chair. You'll notice that there are letters on the screen, tall, thick, black letters. But they're out of focus, so you begin to drift closer to them. Ah, so someone's here. No, it's empty. <clears throat> There's someone else in here. No, you're alone in the theater, Tom. Uh, no, 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 I'm not. Right, your feet and your ankles are relaxed. No, oh, hard to breathe. Your hands are limp and heavy. Your, your arms... Nowhere, nowhere. Tom, I want you to look at the screen. Look at the screen. Okay. You can read the letters now. You're right up next to them. Tom, look at the screen! Wow, what? What happened? Are you okay? I think you need to sit down, Tom, because what was happening there was very next level. You should have seen your face. Do you want a beer? Are you feeling better? What happened? I'm supposed to dig. to a decent neighborhood also known as the cinema nine podcast today it's stir of echoes that will be the focus of our does it hold up or not ah uh, there's no guarantees but we'll find out later in the show i'm michael govier travis roy eric Branstrom, cinema nine podcast at protonmail.com cinema nine pod and all your favorite standard issue social medias travis roy hazel park michigan got any had any good soup lately have i had any good soup i had some tomato soup recently it was uh campbell's variety nothing to get okay. too excited about but you know i add a little i add a little pepper a little parsley little you know not you know the parsley flakes soup with pizzazz you know soup of echoes mm. Mm. sounds delicious griffin eric? indiana eric what eric? do you think 
when you're unmute yourself, you should tell us about what kind of soup you've been eating. He should. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I can't talk. thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Oh, I know that voice. Is that, uh, was that, that was um, David Pamer? It's Heath Ledger. <laughs> David Pamer! <laughs> I swear that's David Pamer. Come on, guys. You know he's joking, right? It's Heath Ledger, it's Joker. No, no, no. Play it again, You know this, Bravis. Hang on. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Well, Michael Wincott, the crow. <laughs> so far one? off. Is that what, one no? last time. What? One more time. That was not dinner, Michael Wincott. Is that a dinner for schmucks quote? <laughs> what is this? Well, there is a dinner going on. I'll give you that's a hint you get. Yeah. Not my dinner with well, Gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Bill Fickner? Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming right, out. Well, this is this, this is annoying me, and I'm a co-host at this point. <laughs> like you just want to tell us. Please, Billy, no gibberish at the table, I beg you. Uh, what? Come on, Billy Madison! Get the fuck out of here! It's been a while, man. Sorry. Obviously, you know, like, I know the movie, but uh, it's been a long fucking time. It has been a long time. Wow. Well, I thought it was just second nature in my friend groups, but apparently I was mistaken, and I apologize for making assumptions about that. No, I feel like I feel like you know if you're what day is it? October. But you went with a deep cut there in the Billy Madison repertoire. That was, I mean, for me. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, who like I don't expect Eric to get it. Eric doesn't. Is that like a hit? Hit highlight. You're not a big Billy Madison fan. I wouldn't expect you to get it, Eric. I really any Happy Madison movie. I'm not a fan of. Back to. Back to back to school does different, but you know that, that's the guy from uh, you know Christmas Story. The puppuses, that guy. He's a good actor. I enjoy his work. So I don't know his yeah. name though. You know what? I gotta tell you, I'm feeling great. I was talking to Travis earlier. Today was my last day of school, so I don't have to do shit for like three months except sit around watch movies. Uh, but lo and behold, my wife is sick again. I literally oh might have to like feed this baby like at any at any time now. I'm just like she's sleeping. I'm hoping I don't have to like. Feed a baby and talk about like Kevin Bacon's jackhammer face. <laughs> Good lord, that's a lot of sick, man. I, I hope she feels better. I hope you don't a lot get of sick. sick. We might need to get some soup in this household. Chunky Campbell's chunky yeah. noodle, yeah, obviously some chicken in it. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah, or being you know maybe. What did you, what did you have a few drinks this morning? <laughs> huh? I, I think you did. Yeah, didn't cut you? loose. Maybe you guys need to cut loose. You're too uptight there. That's why you're getting sick. You guys just gotta let it rip. Mike Govier's uh, approach to medicine. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, I mean, Mike, like, uh, you still focused on death? Like, how many like Kamu novels did you read like in the past week? Like, I can't see what your sugar mode is on. What sugar still, mode are you on right now? On or off? I, I can't. I can't reveal that. It's in between. So, <laughs> uh, except death, still number one on the list. Of ah, course, and uh, we'll get there. Uh, Anton Orenko says, that's, an am- that's so amazing you can speak so fast. It's pretty cool, isn't it, Anton? Thanks for being here. We love having people be part of the show. It's always a good time. And here in Livonia, Michigan, where I live, yeah, it's the same old story. Uh, I actually got really scared the other night because... Uh, you watched a horror movie? No. Uh, no. Uh, I watched I watched it on Saturday, and then I watched it again today before the show. But, uh, you know, I live in an area that's pretty quiet, even though I'm in Livonia. That's <laughs> never happened i've never like been in my bed at like 3 30 in the morning in the dark like oh fuck what's out there there's a lot of critters out there i love animals though it's cool but it's the first time it got to me i thought i heard a noise i thought i heard another noise then i went and checked all the windows around the house to make sure they were locked (laughs) it's the first time that happened and i guess every once in a while you live alone that'll happen so yeah oh yeah 
every now and then just inexplicably i'll get paranoid and be like i gotta run around the house and check all the locks like you know where every other night i'm fine but this you know i don't even hear anything it's just oh the spook came along. <laughs> it's natural <laughs> it's a part of uh it's gonna happen when you live alone uh, on occasion but generally i'm pretty comfy where i live uh, aaron warley's checking in and wants to know what war movies we'll be watching this weekend uh did somebody watch a war movie last week no, it's Memorial Day well, weekend. Memorial Day weekend, yeah. Oh! <laughs> I just don't think about things like that because it's still pandemic world. I don't know. I'm not out of pandemic world yet, so I don't think about special weekends. I have to work on Memorial Day, so it's not a special weekend for me. I, st- I will still memorialize, um, you know. Will you? <laughs> uh, but you know, I don't. I don't like watch war movies on. You know what I mean? Like I don't ha- like I don't have like a go to. Like okay, I'm gonna watch Good Morning Vietnam because it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, like it's like it's Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, Aaron himself is a veteran, so Aaron, yes, he is. What, what war movie would you watch, Aaron? You let us know, and uh, we'll happily respond. Absolutely. But I, my go-to war movie, if I had to have like one, it's probably uh, it's not Full Metal Jacket. Uh, not Private Ryan. Private Ryan's too much of a commitment. Mm-hmm. It's probably Glory. Glory's technically a war movie, right? Oh so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's probably. It's right. my go-to war movie, and I know that as we have gone on, it's, maybe it's become a little problematic, but it's still, it's just still some really powerful scenes in that movie, and I don't care what happens. So, hmm. I don't know how problematic it is. I have to go revisit it, I guess, but uh, it's pretty, it's maybe pretty historically look- accurate. I actually, um, you know, like I know the, I know the historian that was like the main, uh, like consultant on that movie. Um, oh no shit! It's pretty goddamn accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it was based off Colonel Shaw's letters, at least, which are real. Yeah. Very famously, right? though, the, the, the end of the movie where, like, they it says they, they lose Fort Wagner. Like, no, they actually succeeded in their task. It's so bizarre. Like, they succeeded in what they were doing. Like, they they valiantly won the day. And, like, and then the end of credits, like, come up, like, and they lost Fort Wagner. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? No, they didn't. Why would you, of all <laughs> things, why would you put the exact, uh, it's very strange. Of other all things that, to bullshit about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah. that, from what I understand, pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, they say at the very end, the fort was never taken. What? Oh, right. no, yeah, it was taken <laughs> by them. <laughs> Why? If anything, the text is supposed to be like the most accurate part of a movie. One would think, you know, fuck with the dialogue, not the events. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to take any liberties with the text you put on the screen at the very end. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. cool. Aaron says his go-to war movies, Biloxi Blues. Anybody? Love it. I love Biloxi Blues. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thin Red Line. Then Red Line's my all-time favorite war movie, period. Oh, wow. Aaron, you're hitting on everybody's favorites. Well done. And the entire Band of Brothers series, which, of course, is it's outstanding. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Nobody, yeah. If anyone says they don't like that, then they're just being an asshole. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's my well, if it makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> if it makes you uncomfortable to watch, but if they say, like, eh, you know, it's lame. No, I'm not going to accept yeah. lame being the comment. But I, I never, uh, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bloxy Blues, I only saw once, and that was a year ago, because Aaron would always talk about it when I lived with him. Like, is this movie that good? Because it was a Neil Simon player written by Neil Simon, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one that he and I have uh, discussed quite a few times, because we both have, like, undue emphasis on it in our lives. You know, it's one that it was one that I grew up with a copy of. He clearly did, too. So we have heavy nostalgia for it. Oh, interesting. I've heard from... Many, many people, that both that I know that I've been involved in combat and from what I read online, that Platoon is supposed to be the most accurate depiction of war ever put on film. Um, 
that's a movie I haven't seen in a long time. I'd be interested in looking at it again. That's a great selection, actually. I know, and we know how Travis, yeah, well, we know what Travis is going to say. Love Oliver Actually, Stone. Travis Genius. is a part, yeah, I love Oliver Stone, too, but Travis is a part of this milieu now where people have yeah, shit. What is this milieu? Yeah, they've shit on Oliver Stone. What He's also done too? damage to his own reputation, too. So it's twofold, but that doesn't mean a platoon is not a, in Wall Street. I mean, that's not a war movie, but. You can love Putin and still make good movies. I just think that he doesn't make particularly great movies. Well, that's why, Eric, I don't know. Eric, keep Platoon in your chamber. Maybe we'll pull that one out. I would like to watch that again, too. I've only really seen it once, and I've seen all Stone's movies many times. So, uh, We have a quick question from the audience here from Anton. Thoughts on MGM being bought by Amazon? Does anything come to mind? Eric, you're like a requisite movie insider, I guess. We're talking about the entire catalog. So the, the big franchise heavy hitter here is James Bond, and it's not. Don't worry. I mean, those aren't going straight to Prime. It's just... I mean, it, it's just a, a, t a credit they're going to end up putting in the, the front of, of movies. I mean, what does this really affect? They buy the catalog. You can watch them on Amazon Prime. It's affecting nothing. MGM Studio was pretty much dead two years ago, pretty much just about to sell itself to Time Warner anyway. So it doesn't really matter who they sell it to, in my opinion. The movies are the movies. Just another inch closer to one or two corporations running the world. Globotech. <laughs> I mean, I think the bigger question might be, Disney buying DC Comics. That That's make, to uh, me that is a huge thing. Come I, on. I'm, I hope that doesn't happen. Now, I, I've only seen, um, I think we got this covered reporting that. Have you, have you, which is a complete shit website, in my opinion. Completely, I take them very much with a grain of salt. Have you seen it anywhere reputable? Just I'm hearing this hearing right that. now from you guys. You guys are blowing yeah. my mind. I, I, it's a rumor at this point. I think that I think the fact that it's blowing minds is a reason enough for them to print it. I I, I find them pretty. You know, we'll see. They, they've 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 reported true things before, but rel seldomly first. God damn it! All right, well, fuck. Kind of bums me out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that doesn't happen. Maybe there's me a too. chance it won't. Right? Okay. I don't want that. I don't want Marvel and DC under the same cinematic <laughs> umbrella. I just don't want that. Well, I mean. Is okay, so this is I'm thinking off the top of my head. Would that mean it'd be easier to do crossovers and be, people think that would be cool? Is that possible? Do we want that really at the end of the I day? I don't want it really, but I'm just thinking of the one thing that people would latch on to, I guess, seems or a like selling a, point. Seems like a mess. Oh, what a mess. You guys know, <laughs> you guys know that uh, Russell Withers he DM'd our Twitter account. Did you guys read that? I missed it. Well, he says, guys, this was after last week's show. Oh, wait, no, I, did, the I saw it. Sorry, continue. Oh. I don't think Eric saw it. And the rest of you, you might want to hear about it. Russell's a big fan of the show, Russell Withers. Please follow him on Twitter at ArmchairRoto, R-O-T-O. He's a great guy. He does killer bully gifts, by the way, <laughs> which is a unique niche, I will say yeah. that. A resident bully giffer. Bully giffer. <laughs> bully giffer. Bully giffer. Bully Bully giffer. <laughs> Guys, love the show. Number one, can't believe Govier's never seen Aliens. Top 10 all-time action film. Did you uh, amend that over the week? No, I haven't yet, no. Oh, man. Um, Unbelievable second, movie. I'll, yeah, I'll get there. Secondly, uh, regarding the convo about DVD collections, a few years ago, I converted my entire collection to digital files and used an app called Plex to stream them from a computer server. So... If you want to download it to your smart TV or computer, you can send me your account names and I'll happily share my library of thousands of movies with you guys, which is, is that, really nice of him. Is that legal? Are we totally outing him right now? <laughs> no, no, because he they're his, right? Isn't that legit? I don't think you're, I don't know, man. That's what know. Plex is. Plex is allowing Plex, you can have a server if you own the movie. I think that's, that's where the legality here is okay. 
Because it's on like Roku and it's on Apple and shit. You can download that app. So if it was like bogus, wouldn't they not let that allow to be happening? I, I don't know. I, I I got a strict like no download, no torrent policy. That's just me. So I'm weary of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but that's different. That's he has his own uh, DVD collection. Very nice of him to offer. I like, hope we're, we're, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, if I can, like, if he, can, if Russell can send me receipts from where he purchased these DVDs, <laughs> I might be interested. You might be, it might be interested. Okay, cool. Uh, Anton says, "Thanks, guys. Love your podcast. Thank you, Anton. You're Thanks, a Anton. great human. You're a great humanitarian. I think. Thank All you, right, Anton. let's get to our, our other email from Aaron. I was checking out your internal spit shine of the feckless kind episode." <laughs> And it made me think, you guys watch so many freaking movies, and clearly there are highs and lows. True. If you could erase one movie from your memory, but might pique your interest afterwards, hmm, one one that you may be inexplicably drawn to, what would it be? I'll hang up and take the answer off air. Thanks. <laughs> so something that, not necessarily that we, like something that we want to re-experience for the first time, is that what I'm getting from this? Right, one that or, you, I, th I thought like one that you, yeah, I guess so. I, I think I think take it as like one you. It was so horrible you want to forget you even saw it, but you might be interested in seeing again sometime. Right, like so it's the plot the plot of the movie, right? Like he wants to erase Clementine, but he kind of wishes he didn't after the fact. Is that what? He's oh saying? yeah, okay. This is an eternal sunshine. Okay, eternal just, spit shine of the feckless kind. I had to get me. it in the proper perspective. Um, man, I'm not sure. Nothing leaps to mind. Yeah, that's a tough uh, one. Yeah, the, because pretty much if I wanted, like, I, I'd love to delete the pest from my memory, like I'd never seen it. But and I would, but I would never be like, ooh, maybe, maybe it is good. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, that, that wouldn't happen. Um, yeah, I got nothing. I did see a meme or like a thread on the internet yesterday about this. This guy recorded his daughter watching the. Empire scene where Luke, I'm your father for the first time. She's like seven years old. <clears throat> like you can never have that again, right? It's just yeah. a one-time thing. But like I know, that, yeah. yeah, I'm confused. In in the movie, he's so tormented about how this relationship went that he wants to erase this experience from his memory because it's painful. I'm thinking a movie that was so horrible to sit through or that haunts your days that you want to just pretend you've never seen, so you don't have to deal with it anymore but it may pop up again because that's how fate works I, i'm thinking maybe like for me i think i would do the re remake of charlie and the chocolate factory like that that, <laughs> that one like it was pretty fucking right. awful but at the same time i could see myself being drawn back in and being like well maybe a reboot wasn't a terrible idea and, and then you know be like oh nope it was still terrible <laughs> just like that relationship in that movie was yeah, for me, it's Last Jedi, and I'll leave it at that. No conversation oh. necessary. Oh, oh, boy. Damn you, know, you sir. Damn I you think, in that opinion. All right, continue. I'm with Travis on that. It's not I so bad. It. And I know oh, Aaron I hated it. it, too. So I think Aaron and Eric are on the same page. Me and Travis are on the other side. The most divisive Star Wars movie in movie history. No, but then it, what it pisses me off more about Aaron is that he said he didn't have a problem with Rise of Skywalker. Now, that actually pisses me off more because that movie sucks. And time is going to go on and people are going to watch that movie and be like, this movie is just, it's just, it's not even divisive. It's just shit. I don't even know if it sucks necessarily because, God help me, I have not watched it since theaters. Exactly. I don't think, I, I didn't give it a second go. I was just like, fuck it. Like, I, I'm not interested. I almost did. I started at one point. Then I was like, why? And I stopped it. 
Exactly. I, I know what I'm going to get here. Exactly. You thank you. You said it so well. I don't have to say anything. Perfect. There's no repeat value. There's no like, oh, I gotta, I gotta Look, experience that yeah. again. That movie gave us Dio, the 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 droid that don't the don't the no touch droid, which I love. I loved him. He's great. <laughs> but like, basically, I I just go on YouTube and probably watch like all of his scenes like, condensed <laughs> into one thing and be fine. I think one movie that I could fit into Aaron's little uh, construct here is uh, Freddy Got Fingered. I would be happy to like erase it from my memory, but I know for some reason after the fact. I would have my interest peaked again. I'd be like, why am I drawn to this movie? I don't even know anything about it. <laughs> you mean you I hate that. that movie? I thought you loved <laughs> no, that movie. No, I, I don't hate it, but uh, I could see that. I could see it being uh, annoying after a while. I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. I, I don't <laughs> yeah, want this maybe. in my life literally, anymore. Literally every time Mike is about to give his choice, I am, if you look at my face, watch very closely and listen to the timbre of my voice. I'm secretly hoping and praying that he does not pick Freddy Got Figured. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is just as likely to pick it. If not more so. See? Uh, Aaron says, <laughs> I, I owe Aaron an apology here. I do not like Rise of Skywalker! Exclamation point! I apologize, Aaron. I put out false, bogus information. I'm sorry about that. I gave it harsh reviews. Chad said he liked it. Chad, is that true? You can chime in on the live stream if you like, or you can email the show, cinnamon9podaprotonmail.com. All right. Well, thank you for your emails and all the such. Of course, don't ever email us again. Travis, Roy, time for you to give us your quarantine viewing picks. Oh, well, you know, I, I've been off TV for quite some time, but I was pretty excited about this new MODOK TV show. But, you know, I, I and I binged it all in one day. Uh, I love Pat Oswald. He's he's a perfect choice to voice MODOK. But, man, it, it really highlighted that shit that comes out of anything other than Marvel Studios is just not great. I laughed twice. I'm not going to watch season two. I like, I just was not into this at all. I would not recommend uh MODOK at all at all. What's really surprised me is I thought I was going to fucking love it, but it was just, what is MODOK? Yeah. What is he like with that weird face? Like he's a giant floating head. He's like a genius with a floating head with, he sits in a, but his head's too big for his body. So he's like stuck in a, like a machine. He's a genius, evil genius, you know, imbecile puny brains you know all that kind of stuff uh he's a lot of fun he's a fun marvel character like probably too weird for live action so it was cool to make a, a cartoon for him but it just felt like so many other things that i've seen before just with marvel super, like with modok superimposed over it like it is okay. he sorry but is he x-men because i always just get him confused no with no he's Mojo, a super- who is cool uh, he's not a mutant. He's just like he's a genius, and he like you know altered his body, like uh, like he, he mutated himself, if anything. Uh, but yeah, he's uh he's a supervillain. He's not he's not a good guy. Eric or Mike, you got a question about Modok? Uh, yes, question from the audience. Uh, is this the Patton Oswalt thing? Yes, pa- Patton Oswalt voice. Oh, well, that yeah. sucks. That must be a bummer then. Uh, yeah, you know, I really I had high hopes, and it just I mean, it just fell pretty flat. I would not recommend it. Um, okay. other other than that. Mike, I was so excited that you picked a horror movie that I watched nothing but horror movies all week long. It was an all horror week, not a single movie that was not a horror movie. It was kind of fun. Got a little challenging a couple times. I'm like, man, I could kind of go for not watching a horror movie, but I would find so you know, it's one of the things I love about horror is that you know, there's horror drama, there's horror comedy, there's horror sci-fi. You know, there's all kinds of different horror. So uh, I watched From Beyond for the first time from 1986, cult <laughs> classic. Uh, yes. Gotta love it, man. I mean, just, you know, you had the the reanimator team largely reassembled and um, it's just gory, goofy, fucking rubbery fun. I loved it. 
I loved it. I can see why it's a cult classic. Um, I watched Army of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder's recent offering that is, you know, blowing up the Netflix. Either of you guys watch this? Reviews it's, turned me off, brother. Like, what the fuck? When is this guy going to, like, get an editor? I mean, like, it's two <laughs> it's two and a half hours long, man. It's actually, like, a decent movie. It's, it feels very much like a video game, and it's, and it's actually pretty fun. But it's two and a half fucking hours. It's so bloated. It's unnecessary. Like, if they had just, like, chopped it down and made it manageable, it would have been, like, maybe even two hours. It could have been fun. But, like, it's, it's a two and a half hour fucking slog. And after uh, Justice League, I just, like, I, you know, I, it wasn't really feeling it. Re you know what, Zack Snyder, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. please, please. Remember 2005? I, I'm pretty sure we saw it together when we walked out of Dawn of the Dead, or was it 2004? It was, I believe oh, it was 2004. We, I, it's we the movie were I've speechless. It's a movie I've seen most in theaters still to this day. I've, I've watched that movie so many times, but I, I, I you know, filmmaking. He's come a long way. I mean, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Mike. What were you gonna say? I just want to say, you know, if he needs an editor. You got to look at a project first and know this. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. It's that simple. Come on, Zack Snyder, get it together. I mean, he it like it must have been done okay because it's already got a prequel planned and like a spin-off series. Like the guy the guy like apparently whatever he touches makes money. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. So, um yeah, again, I would I wouldn't recommend it. Um Eric, you were trumpeting the uh the, you're singing the praises of Richard the Linklater. The genius. Oh, Richard Linklater. I, I was talking about Barry Levinson, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I meant to say Barry Levinson. The genius I, of Barry Levinson. Go yeah, ahead. Barry Levinson. We're not Richard Linklater. Sorry. Uh, but you call him the working man's director over our yes. text thread. I'm going to strongly disagree with that because I find him to be an, a very esoteric director. I mean, um, like, you know, he did Fast Food Nation, which is so fucking weird. And he, and he did it like, you know, he did, did he do fucking Rain Man. That Richard Linklater did fast food. Am I getting these people messed the up? Yeah, we have the same major. Mixed up together. Yeah, you're I having a bozo so what, party. All right, what did I watch then? <laughs> I watched <laughs> a movie called The did Bay that, confused? that was directed oh, yeah. by Barry Levinson. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Barry Levinson did not do Fast Food Nation. I take that back. Let me look at his, uh, what he's done <laughs> real quick. Yeah, he did. You know, he's done some great stuff like Wag the Dog, which is obviously fucking awesome. Um, he's he's done a, a lot of good stuff. You're right. Um some of this I did not see. The humbling we talked about before in the show. The humbling was fucking. It's a masterpiece. It's great, but I do think that he's kind of he does some pretty different uh, kinds of stuff. And the Bay uh, was one of the weirder horror movies I've ever seen because it's very much a docu uh, like an eco documentary, and it's all very based in reality. And like it's just like it's one of the most like geniusly put together found footage like documentary style horror movies I've ever seen. And I'm like blown away by the first like two thirds or maybe like half of this movie. And then like, it just like amazingly just like sputtered out and just like, it was weird. Like it was just like, and it, it felt like a news piece. It was so strange. It was very, very uneven filmmaking, but I, I did watch a Barry fucking Levinson movie. I don't know why I've got him made it in my head with Richard Linklater. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I got to watch a horror movie, but it's got to be Barry Levinson. And I found the one horror movie they did. And it was it was okay. It was worth seeing. Um, a movie I would not recommend to you, Eric, was uh, Jim Cunningham's follow up to Thunder Road. Since you didn't like him, this is a similar movie, but a black horror, black comedy, uh, werewolf movie called The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which I would recommend oh, to uh, wow. other folks that um, that liked Thunder Road. This is a similar movie, but with 
it's a it's a fucking horror comedy, and it's also uh, Robert Forster's last film. So it was fun uh, to 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 catch that. I heard um, great things. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll do see it. I think there's a a talent there. It's just that that character, the Jim character in that that particular film, I couldn't deal with. But I like the filmmaking, so I think I'll check that out. It's a very similar character that he's playing. Uh, okay. So, All right. All right. so I, I like he, he's even playing a yeah. cop again. So like I don't know how much ah, it's going to yeah. be for you, but uh, I liked it. It was different. It was a different kind of horror movie. But the movie I'm going to recommend, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll wrap it up. I watched quite a few others, but I can't talk about them all. Um, the movie I'll recommend above all others that I watched this week is uh, Hashtag Alive, a South Korean zombie film from last year. Um, if anyone's ever read. Uh, war of the war uh, world war z not the movie because the book is so different from the movie and in, in the in the book there's a character that's like a japanese guy who's like stuck in a high rise during all of this happening and this is basically that it, it's I mean, they're korean but uh they're stuck in a like a a building like an apartment building and the, the zombie apocalypse is, is happening around them and they gotta deal with things like how do i get food how do i get water once all of these uh you know the, the utilities shut down and that kind of stuff and it was really fucking good there's you know there's there's been a, a bit of a resurgence of zombie horror lately and a lot of it has not really been worth catching this one definitely is hashtag alive and that's what i watched not to be confused with 1993's alive right which is john patrick shanley in a very fine film but not the one no this is hashtag alive oh, it's on netflix <laughs> Is that the Air one where all, all the, <laughs> the soccer players from uh, Buenos Aires were uh, like Urug yeah. Urug yeah, Uruguayan. Uruguayan. Thank you. Rugby I'm, players. My Uruguayan. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good movie. Though. Great book, too. Uh, so for me, I got to tell you, <laughs> I had a kind of an interesting week here that started out with uh, a film called uh, Barry's Barry Levinston. I jumped in on. Uh, I still got this HBO account, so I'm like, "Fucking Barry Levinston made all the slew of movies with Pacino." The one I did loved. You don't know Jack loved Phil Spector. I never saw uh, Paterno, so I. You said you don't Paterno. Are you mixing yeah. both of those together? I'm sorry, I confused. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been eyeing yeah, it. Was it good? Uh, loved it. Loved Paterno, and you know me. I mean, I don't give a fuck about football. Or any sports, but like I said during the Moneyball segment, like if you can make me like care about this, even this industry or like these politics involved in this sport, I'm interested. Barry Levinston, Barry, Barry Levinston is is so fucking gifted at like nuance. Like he, he'll take you inside a character's head, and he doesn't just like film the screenplay. Like every scene has these tiny little moments where he's making you feel like his characters feel, and not in a cheesy way. That's so fucking hard to do. I love this movie so much. I'd love Riley Keough. Like, I don't know why more people are not talking about how good this actress is. She's so under the radar and so intensely powerful. Pacino, fantastic. And this story, like, I'm scratching my head on this. Like, I'm with, I'm not going to mention this media personality by name, but I, I completely agree with him. When this happened, they should have just fucking closed the entire school and donated like all the proceeds to a uh, uh, like help for sexually abused victims. Like it's preposterous what happened here. And I'm I, I could talk your ears off, but I could not believe what I was watching. I didn't look enough into this story. Like these people praising this person. Fuck this guy. This Joe Pa asshole. Fuck this guy. I don't care what anybody says. I have no well, they, sympathy. They took his statue down right after this. He he lost all. I mean, he had credibility for fifty years, and then as soon as this happened. They shut him down. He died right away, too. He's like, yeah, they got me. I'm dead. He died, like, right after it got all broken out. So. Yeah. 
they put you so they put you into the mind of like this, you know, he's 84 years old, he's at the end of the road, and they're tossing every excuse you can possibly throw at you, like, oh, he's old fashioned, and like this is how like masculine men were. They just said, Don't worry about it. I mean, the man is good at his job, turn a blind eye. It's it's just so disgusting, and it's not told one way or another. There's no there's no point, there's no like viewpoint here, perspective. It's just I loved it so much. Uh, it, oh, real quick, before watch, we move on from that, though, I got to mention this. So you you call out Joe Pop for this, but we got to mention the guy who actually to, did I the fucking to. deed is Jerry Sandusky. He's the ultimate. He's the guy who did all it all. He's the ultimate scumbag. But yes, Paterno has culpability. You see something like that happen or hear about it and then like tell your boss. But I'm a I'm a teacher. I'm a mandated reporter. I mean, it should yeah. be all over the place. All three of us have fucking, been or are. It just um, blows my mind. Could I interject real quickly before Please. you continue on? As a bald man, would you indulge me by turning your head kind of one way or the other? Because your bangs right now are doing the most amazing, like, swoop. Yeah, it's incredible. Just turn, just turn your head a little bit one way or the left. Remember that Mel Gibson uh, chicken movie? What was oh, it, yeah. like, Elvis I chicken? I look like Rock-A-Doodle right now. <laughs> yeah, turn, yeah, and it's like a, It's amazing. Turn, no, to the left turn or the right. Turn to the right. side. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. More to like the side. Morrissey in, like, 1986 right <laughs> yeah. now, dude. Yeah, yeah you're, like, you're like a cartoon character of a greaser right now. Yeah, it's like Rock-A-Doodle. You're killing my point. Anyway, this guy's a fucking but, asshole. <laughs> one more point. One more all point. Right. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. But this, this is, is amazing. I'm sorry. It's actually a fucking hair is incredible. Yes. Yeah. But just as amazing is the fact that Penn State is not normal anymore. Since Penn State in 2011, okay. you have Michigan State, Larry Nasser right here. Oh, yeah. Larry Nasser. Yeah. That's yeah. us. Yeah. Well, this is an institutional problem. And now Michigan has their own physician who Bo Schembechler looks like he's going to be the guy who's going to get his statue torn down next. It's wow, fucking insane. Really? People just, yeah, dude, this guy called Dr. Anderson, Google it, check it out. It's fucking hundreds of cases of sexual manipulation. And he was a doctor, just like Nasser. It's just like, Jesus. It's just yes. like the institutional, we have to hold up the institution at all costs. And that's what's going on here, man. I know I'm, this is well, a movie podcast, it, Mike. But. And I'm like, what? what is like you, what are you going to do in this crowd? If you go to this school, like this jock mentality celebrates the school and it's all about, I don't want to get into it, but I was just, I was fucking throwing shit in my living room. I would never do that. I was just so fired up. Well, I remember Great when it happened though. in 2011, I was like. I was emotional because they had live feeds out in CNN right outside Joe Pa's house and all this chance. We love you, Joe. It's like, what? I'm like, this is insane. And I felt sick to my stomach because of all the shit that that guy did. It was fucked up. And Paterno is a good movie. Yes. Good call. Great film. I'm sorry to go on too much about it. I, I checked in with uh, the whole truth. Keanu Reeves, like courtroom drama. I scrolled past. I'm like, you know what? Fuck. Is my New Year's resolution to give these movies a chance that normally I would just be like, what? No one's ever heard of this. Who cares about this? It's this probably awful. It's good. It's solid. It's a solid courtroom movie. You got Renee Zellweger. Like a month after she got the surgery for like the first half hour, I was like, hey, who, who, who is that? She looks kind of familiar, but like maybe like someone stole her face and like put it on another actress. And is this like a deep fake? No. <laughs> Renee Zellweger, fantastic in the film. Great court drama. Like Keanu Reeves, like there's no character there. Like there's no like story. He doesn't go home and like have his own deal. Like like I once lost a case where like a kid died. There's no story for him. He just like it's just the case. But it's still a good courtroom movie. It's called The Whole Truth. I recommend it. Uh, the woman isn't that classic, window, Travis? Isn't that classic, Eric? By the way, what he just did. If anybody who knows Eric for many years, dude, I'm evolving. Normally, good. I would never even watch it. <laughs> I'm surprised. I was oh, surprised. Yeah. I know you. Are. You're always surprised. It's fucking hilarious. 
Netflix finally releases the movie that's been on the shelf for like two years because this, it was so bad. The studios didn't know what to do with it. The Woman in the Window with Amy, uh, Amy Adams and Gary Oldman. Did you watch it? Powerhouse cast. I turned it on. I could not believe how inept the film was by director Joe Wright, who all of his films suck, in my opinion. Darkest oh. Hour. I'm sorry. Good performance, but terrible film. Peter Pan remake. His movies suck. This movie's so... It's so bizarre, like how this like just like arrived at, at, at where it is right now. It's, it's so heavily edited to the point of it's nonsense. <laughs> Don't watch it. I'm begging you. And then I got to tell you. Wait, real quick. Who, who starred? Who, who Amy Adams. Starred? So she's had kind of a double whammy from Netflix of. Uh, There's a slump. There yeah. is Amy Adams slump. And uh, it sucks. It's a shame. She's great. Fucking fantastic. I won't hear it. It's not yeah, her fault. She'll bounce back. She's an incredible actor. In fact, like. Any like YouTube nerds out there? I bet you could take this all of this footage and make like a pretty fucking decent thriller because it's just belabored with this awful score and this frenetic ending that makes no sense. So any any like uh, would be editors try to make something out of this fucking god awful movie that exists on Netflix. Finally, I, I turn this on. It's been like twenty five years. I almost shut it off so I could do an uh, episode for the podcast. I turn it on as a joke. I'm like, all right, I'll put this on the fucking background, I'll make fun of it. And and it, it's good almost immediately. And every single time, like I think it's gonna like start getting dumb so I can like get some work done. It gets even better. It, Stargate. What when's the last time you checked in? It's been a minute. About two it's, years ago. It's fucking I think I watched awesome. it at Aaron's house. <laughs> it's it's fucking good. I'd I'd heavily recommend you watch it again. It's like classic, like event movie of the 90s where like it knows it's super dumb but like it, it like it works like all the components like work together yeah, like the dumb tech guy saying something funny like all of the stuff is solid like i'm thinking to myself like if this was like rated r and not so neutered and like had like a touch of verhoven and then this and that it would have been a classic but it's a little bit too neutered and, and and clean but it's still fucking good time when it comes to action sci-fi in the 90s Kurt Russell's character is fucking dumb, and there's a bunch of leaps that go on. Whatever. We're not doing that movie. Okay, cool. I'm happy for you. All right. I was, that it. was not the movie that I thought was going to come out of your mouth, by the way. That actually. Stargate. Was, Stargate. I'm coming out yeah. as a fan. That threw me out for a curveball. Well, uh, as far as what I watch, uh, this would be the last week where I, I'm going to reduce my movie intake because I've been watching way too many movies, and there's things I want to do in this life. And, you know, life's starting to come back. I'm fully vaxxed. I'm free. So. Hey, -o. I'm going to start reducing, but this is the last week of the full movie load. But let's get to it. I forgot to mention this movie. I watched it a while back. It's called The Good Woman is Hard to Find. It's a fucking great movie. It's an Irish film, and it's about a good woman is hard to find. But it's like a, it's like a action kind of thriller, suspense situation. So I would strongly recommend it. It's fucking intense and really good. A Good Woman. Is hard to find. Who, who stars? Like I don't know many Irish. Oh God! Like, oh, what's her name? Hang on. <laughs> I know her because I looked at her face, but I don't know her that well. You know what I mean? I was like, oh yeah, that lady. Uh, here we go. It's a Sarah Bulger. Anybody? Sarah Bulger. Nothing. Is it? Is it like a take on a good man is hard to find? The Flannery O'Connor Irish classic thriller. Oh well, that must be exactly what it is because I never saw that, but I bet there's a connection. See, this is where your film historical knowledge comes into play. Thank you very much. But I never saw that, so I wouldn't be able to confirm that. But it definitely is an Irish film, without a doubt. And it's intense. Uh, I finally did it, Travis. I finally, I don't know why I waited so long, but I watched My Octopus Teacher, and it was just so <laughs> wonderful. It was, wasn't it? Just, 
just everything you want. You know, it's Fucking so life affirming, as Eric yeah. Brancher would say. Yeah, so, it really it is. is. Like, and it like did I not. Really, and, and, and your fear of death is still on the board after watching that. Not, like you didn't look <laughs> at the board and be like, "Well, maybe I got a new perspective here." No, it did help me out for a little bit, but you know, then it's life okay to on, die. So, uh, I, yeah, it's just what ha- you, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you just don't see that type of relationship. It's a rare moment. The guy got it all on fucking tape, though. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm a little surprised we there was not a, a message in the text thread, a, a picture of you crying. Did, you, did it not bring you to tears? I actually didn't get I didn't get to that <laughs> level on this one, wow. but I still found it incredibly profound. I you can be moved without being moved to tears. That's okay. not, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, it's a, well, that's good to know. It's not like a, a metric of whether or not you, it affected you. <laughs> no, nope, no. Nope, sorry. I need proof. Physical proof. Uh I saw. I never saw this movie. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Uh, it's on my list. One. It's a Nick. It's a Nick Cage movie. So I, yeah. I seen it. But, I'm shocked. Uh, how, you haven't how was seen it? it? Yeah, I know. How was it? It's I actually. Watch, uh, I didn't watch a Nick Cage movie this week, but it's a. Uh, oh shit! Is is it Ang Lee? Gemini uh, Man. No, uh, Captain, Captain Corelli. Oh, that's John Madden from uh, Down and Mr. Ripley. Oh, shit. John Madden. I got that way wrong. Never mind. Anyways, yeah, I watched that one, Eric, and I actually thought it was pretty good. It's got a 5.9 rating on IMDb, but I think it was much better than that. So, I, Travis, I would definitely, as a Cage fan and, a, you know, a history guy, check it out. It's about World War II in Italy, which we don't yeah. always get that perspective. So. Uh, what, what's it, what about talented, Anthony Minghella did Talented Mr. Rick, yeah, Ripley? Yeah, my bad. I think it is that dude. I always got this. But it is John Madden is correct, but he did okay. not do. There oh. you go. We correct all errors. John Madden directed Captain Corelli's, but he did not direct. All right. Um, John Madden, isn't that like a football <laughs> person? <laughs> <laughs> there could be only yeah. one. There so. could be only one. Uh, John Madden, the director, not the fat football guy. And there's no wrong being fat. But hey, he is hey big. don't knock the fat man, all right? Yeah, I'm right there, but I'm just saying, you know, he's a large well, man. Sugar mode is on, people. Sugar mode is reportedly <laughs> on. <laughs> Shakespeare, I finally, my bad. I finally saw Nocturnal Animals, and goddamn, that's uh, fucking amazing, right? It's a tough watch. I got to be honest, but it is yeah. very oh, good. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. It's a little tough. It really, really laying on the 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 suspense, really thick. And then it's like, oh wait, is that really happening? I don't know if it happened. Did it happen? I don't know. Why is she alone at the end of the movie? Was that an old text? I don't know. I'm confused a little bit, but it's a really good movie. And oh, well, that's a big spoiler alert. But uh, no, 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 <laughs> that's only for people who know because I didn't give it away any details on that. So that was for you guys. So without giving away the actual information, but it's really good. Amy Adams speaking. If she's on a cold streak, well, she's great in this movie. So she was nominated for Academy Award for one of the movies that we're talking about being on her cold streak. So we, you know, we, we can be, we might be a little biased. She was not. Wasn't she nominated for um, fucking Elegy? Yeah. The Probably. one that, that, yeah, she was. She was you guys there. are more the Oxford restaurants than I am, so I'll defer to you. I mean, no one watched it, but she was, she was, <laughs> nobody gave a shit, but yeah. But, anyways, uh, that's a great movie, it really is. And, and I didn't even know a lot about uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. This guy was fucking blew my mind with this performance. He won a Golden oh. Globe, and I don't even remember that, but I was high a lot back then in 2016, so I may have forgotten. Either way, great performance. And his brother's like a good director, too, so there's a lot going on. I learned a lot about stuff from that movie. Who is his brother? Uh, Sam Johnson. Uh, of of what fame? That's how they met. They met, uh, actually, Sam Johnson and uh, Tom Ford were friends. And then they went out with Aaron one night, and Tom was so amazed by his persona, that's how he ended up getting the role. So. What the fuck is Sam Johnson? It's his brother. Oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's brother. 
Yeah, but yeah. like, what does he make? Like, who is Sam Johnson? Uh, it's some small time stuff. Like, it's nothing hardcore. So it's not like you'd be like, oh, yeah, that movie. I think they're more indie fair, but he he has an IMDb page and everything. He's a real guy. He really Samuel, exists. Samuel Johnson, he's an actor. He's he's produced. He has, he's not a director, but he's an actor. He's not directed, huh? And not, not if it's the same Samuel Johnson I'm looking at who's Bastion. youngish right. and looking and looking. I mean, there's no. Oh, there is a Sam Johnson as well, but it doesn't say if this oh, person. Oh, this, this guy was a producer on Frasier, so I'm going to guess <laughs> that that's not <laughs> Aaron Taylor right. Johnson's brother. Uh, I saw Infinitely Polar Bear on your suggestion. It's just a great oh, movie. Right, wow. yeah. I loved it. It's not fun for everyone, but it's a no. really well done film about depression in a period where mental health wasn't always the best. Mental health care. Anyway, so make sure Ruffalo, you check that man. out. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. Ruffalo. Good Ruffalo. Great Ruffalo. Him and uh, those Ruffalo. kids, man. Him and those kids are fucking hilarious. It's like yeah. I, they don't pull any punches in that movie. That's why I liked it. It's like this guy just says whatever the fuck's on his mind because he can't <laughs> help it. And right. he doesn't get to go. He doesn't have to go to jail necessarily. Sometimes parents say weird shit. So, you know, it happens. Uh, I saw. Well, they do. You don't think Mine? they do? I've heard all kinds of weird shit. I knew I, it. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Parents say weird <laughs> shit. Shit, parents say. <laughs> Literally saying the dumbest shit you can imagine right now in front of my own daughter. Exactly, she's like That's five actually, weeks old, so she's perfect. Yeah, she's oblivious. <laughs> uh, I went back to my uh, '80s indies roots here, and I saw a great movie. I want to recommend it to everybody. Judd Hirsch, River Phoenix, Running on Empty, an incredible film. City Lumet too, so he what? has every yeah. yes, yeah. River Phoenix, Judd Hirsch, Sydney Lumet, good times. It's about I, I feel film. like I've literally had this erased from my memory, like in the previous email. I'd never heard of this movie. How have I, I never heard River of it Phoenix either. and Sydney Lumet? It's been I know. My, it's been on my radar for a long time. I, I I've never seen it, but so I guess I'll check it out now. Because I was it kind of I was on the fence because it was just like I don't know. It's like an early '80s movie, right? Like it was like it's late. Oh, it's '88, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, is it eight? okay? Well, it's it's, it's like uh uh you know post Stand by Me, River Phoenix. So yeah, yeah, okay, uh, that makes sense. I would uh, really like to get you guys' thoughts on it. So if you ever yeah. get around to watching it and you Absolutely. find it, please I'll do. It check it out. I don't want you guys to miss out on the great stuff like that. That's what life's all about. You know, it's about watching good movies, having good times, talking about stuff and <laughs> Buddy yeah. Giffer. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I Bully sure Giffer. I, yeah. I will say, dude, I'm, I'm with you. And I think I'm going to cut back deliberately a little bit on my intake. Not not as much because I want to go live life, whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> but like my like I, it's it's been like when I was like uh, cramming for my comprehensive exams when I was getting my, like <laughs> for my for my history degree <laughs> like like uh, like I, I've just watched so many movies since we started this podcast that it's just blurring the fuck together and like I I started a letterboxd account and I've kind of been like trying to like see, you know go through and like add the movies I've seen but I just keep on getting these movies and being like have I ever seen this. I have no fucking clue. I have no <laughs> clue. And I'm going back and reading the list of stuff of movies I watched for the past year for the for the first time in a while and being like, I watched that? I watched that? I have like so little <laughs> recollection of it. Like I got oh. the recall is not great here. So I got to I got to I mean like, I I mentioned I, like you know just for this segment I told you about half the movies that I watched. <laughs> so I mean I, I'm backing off a little bit. <laughs> recall, 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 recall. Recall, <laughs> recall, recall. <laughs> can't sing at all the fuck with <laughs> your brain pal 
Oh, yeah. We should do that movie. That's probably sub, you know, at some point, too. I was also thinking I had an idea for a next film I might select just as a tribute to life, but I'll keep that private for now. And either way, okay. it's a Cinema 9 podcast. We're doing Stir of Echoes, oh, 1990 time, film. Time to get into the spoilers. It's time to get into the spoilers. That's correct. There will be spoilers. Frank, what are you doing here? I'm going to kill you, Tommy. You and Maggie both. Why would you say something like that, Frank? This is a decent neighborhood. Hey, are you okay? Where's Sheila? She at home? Listen, I'm gonna go see if Sheila's at home. Okay. 1999 film! Written and directed by David Copy? Kepke? Coep, I believe, right? Kep. Cool. Coepi. Kep. 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 I will Kep. say this. I, I, I went on a deep dive to make sure I could pronounce the name Catherine Irby. That's how you pronounce that. Is that it? After all this time, it's After all Irby. this time, it's Irby. Can yeah. confirm two syllables? Definitely Irby. I, I, I went, like, I, I, I deep, I had to go to, eventually I had to go to, like, to YouTube to find, like, Vincent D'Onfrio, like, saying it in her presence was the closest I could get, because I couldn't find anything with her saying it. But I, I found that, and I found, like, someone that she supposedly, went to, break, high, that she supposedly <laughs> went to high school with also said that it's pronounced Irby. Yeah, I, I, I research things that make no sense sometimes. Getting ridiculous. <laughs> Take some time off, man. Well, great. Uh, Catherine Irby. Know. How do you pronounce Catherine Irby? It's three in the morning. <laughs> So I chose this movie, and yeah, I remember seeing it a couple of years after it came out. I did not see it in the theater, and uh, I did not see it on DVD till we lived at the dump in 2002, actually. It's very possible that you had a copy or you brought it home from Blockbuster one night. Either way, that's really the only two scenarios. And I definitely remember sitting on that gross-ass green couch, which was later moved out to the other room, and watching this movie on that gross green couch. Or maybe it was the other one that was less gross later on. But either way, I really enjoyed it, and I was like, whoa! This is like a mystery wrapped in like, uh, you know, some, I guess some crazy shit. But I never, I, I just never looked at it as a horror or scary movie at all. But that's cool. I don't have a beef with that. I'm just saying personally, I never saw it that way. But uh, well, I, th- I don't think that you would have, you know, picked it or maybe even liked it if you'd looked at it that way. I, I guess you must have looked at it as a supernatural <laughs> thriller or something. But it's very, I mean, it's got literal jump scares. The movie starts, not yes. only is there jump scares, it starts with a child singing over a dark screen. Like, <laughs> like that kind of shit. Like, okay, this is a fucking horror movie, Mike. Like, like, pretty, pretty standard, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, really, really. yeah. I creepy, don't uh... creepy kid's face with like pale eyes in the first frame before the nope, before yeah. it even gets to David Kep's like directed by David Kep. Like before the credits are even done, we're at a scare where he's like the kid is talking to a ghost in like an empty room. So like it's it's a horror movie. I agree. I have no beef with that at all. So, all right. What about you, Travis? Do you remember when you saw this movie? Um, vaguely. I don't remember if I saw it in the theaters or not. I definitely saw it early on, though, because it was one that I, I leapt on pretty quickly. You know, it's funny. I was looking. Um, you know, it, it came out, I think, a month after Sixth Sense. 
Um, now, it's based on the novel A Stir of Echoes, based by Rich, uh, written by Richard Matheson, also best known for I Am Legend. Uh, and this came out, that came out like 53 or 58, something somewhere in the 50s. Yes. And clearly, I think that that book must have been an influence on The Sixth Sense because there are some major parallels between these two young boy characters and like their ability to see things and like interact with ghosts and stuff. There's, there's some major similarities between these movies. Well, that's what cleared him, though, because there's also a lot of parallels that people made to The Shining, which was in oh, 1980. Yeah. That but too. <laughs> the book was written, like you just said, the book was written in 58. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but Shining was written in what, 70 or something like that. So, 72, something like that. And there's, but there, and the movie obviously was um, not too long after that. But there's heavy influences of The Shining in this movie, also, I would, I would say. What yeah. about you, Eric? Take um, us back in time. Well, I remember um, 1999, this very month, it was between, I'm in the theater, and it's between Stigmata, but a Patricia Arquette film, and uh, Patricia Arquette horror of picture, mm-hmm. and Stir of Echoes, both in the theater uh, that weekend. It's Kevin and, Bacon in that too, right? No, I think Gabriel no. Byrne. I Gabriel Byrne, yeah. So, I mean, Patricia Maybe that's Arquette what happened. Stars, that's so. how I got it in my brain, because I always mixed up. It's so weird that you mentioned that, Eric, because I always mixed up Stigmata and Stir of Echoes for like years. That's why. That's why, because you're in the theater and you didn't know which one to go for. Clearly, you want a Patricia Arquette film, because, I mean, <laughs> so beautiful. Wow. Uh, so as they did came I. out on the same weekend. Okay, yeah, that makes same sense. Weekend. So, so did I. And then uh, I, I caught it on DVD. And I remember even early on, uh, fellas this this had like a cult following even very early on and i think it's because of that competition they call these twin movies deep impact armageddon volcano dante's peak that whole deal was even being talked about then so even uh in 99 there was this like oh i'm i'm in the stir of echoes club more so than the sixth sense club and i was like okay this is like a, a solid tales from the crypt episode then i saw it again a few <laughs> years later I've, I've seen it a few times, and every time I had watched it, I'd be, like, wanting to think it's good so I can be like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a good cult movie. Fuck Sixth Sense. But I'm, I, I had always been like, it's just okay. But it's been, like, 15 years, so I was excited to, to come back. Fabulous. Well, I admit, I told uh, Eric that Stigmata and Stir of Echoes came on the same weekend, and I just always mixed them up for years, and that makes a lot of sense to me now why I did that, because I always did that. Uh, I don't know the score on this. I'm going to guess for the IMDb score of Stir of Echoes, uh, it's a 6.2. I think it's not, like, mind-blowing, but it's okay. It's average. I saw it. Did you see it, Eric? <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. I couldn't believe it. Um, well, I'm pretty sure I saw it. I, I think it was, like, a 7.1. Is that right? 7? Seven? 7, <gasps> I think. Really? Yes. Yeah, wow. 7 even on the nose. That is correct. Well done. 7. Wow. I thought it was that was way off. I guess uh, people have more respect for this movie than I realized, which is kind of cool, actually. S- seven's pretty high, you know. Seven's pretty good on on IMDb, and and that makes sense to me. This movie was pretty highly regarded when it whatever parallels the Sixth Sense. People didn't seem to mind for one, like it it, it didn't get like deep impact Armageddon comparisons or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're different enough. Yeah, it's it's cult status was pretty solidified almost immediately just because of that relationship with the other picture. So I'm not surprised at this rating. I, I do wonder how many folks that rated it this high have seen it lately, but we'll talk about that. Tip in your hand. <laughs> uh, 68% from the thermometer, by the way, guys. <laughs> oh, Is the yeah. popcorn tipped over? 
No, it's seventy no, no, percent. No. That is upright. Oh shit! Absolutely, it's very tight. Sixty-eight and seventy. So the critics and the fans are together on this one, basically, which is always nice to have unity. We always could use a little bit more unity in our world. As one stand together. Unity. Let's <laughs> go for the brother, man. As far as reviews from uh, critics, uh, how about Jack Garner? Sometimes we mix in Jack Garner of the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, just because it's it's. It's just such a dumb name. Solid name. Jack Garner. Jack Garner from Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Private Eye? Like Stuntman or Private Eye? Take your pick. Oh, who knows? In its own smart, spooky way, Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. Thank you for that. Is nearly as good as its Bruce Willis predecessor. There it is. (laughs) Press the button every time there's a Sixth Sense comparison. Uh, I don't think it's fair to call Six Sense really his predecessor. I mean, it literally came out like they're in production at the same time, and it's based on a book that preceded Forty years. Six Sense, yeah, by decades. So you know, I don't think and M Night Shyamalan is a known well, allegedly he plucks, he ripped off the village. It's yeah, like he he plucks books. from here and there. Yeah, he does. He plucks, he pulls. Yuck. Yeah, <laughs> he does. We have he's a plucker. A He's a real plucker. Phoebe Flowers of the Miami Herald says, uh, "Also a made-up name." <laughs> Cope, Cap, Capé, Coop, Cap, Cap, Coop, Keep, Coop relies almost entirely on the isolated, shocking images, ignoring the human element at the center in favor of digitalized special effects and rapid-fire editing. Ooh. Mm. Is that totally I mean, true? They, I, don't, really... I don't totally agree with that, but I think I, I see what she's saying. Okay. Roger Ebert, Stir of Echoes is a supernatural thriller firmly rooted in a blue-collar Chicago neighborhood. We know Roger loves that. Where everyone on the block knows one another, although not as well as they think. Kevin Bacon stars in one of his best performances. Eric, I was really curious about this. What do you what do you think of Kevin Bacon's Chicago accent? <laughs> 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 you know what? God bless you for that question. And uh, there's, there, it's non-existent. Uh, but I did used to drive past this uh, very house that they filmed it in quite often in Logan cool. Square when I lived in Chicago. Uh, and and the picture does do a good job of of, of creating this very small, tight knit, tight knit neighborhood. For what yeah. it's worth, I think, in my opinion, I don't. We'll get into it, but I don't, I don't understand why it takes place in Chicago, especially in a, a little neighborhood like this. I'm wondering if the book is similar or if it's in suburbia, like proper, like I personally think it should be. But uh, yeah, it, you guys didn't research the book at all, did you? Uh, no, no, I mean, just a tad. I did not, not the plot. Like a, that would like be location. Yeah, no. uh, before uh, we move into that, though, let me skip. I got to give this to you. Dustin Thompson. No. Vibrant. Unsettling. Fucking bre- the brevity of Destin Thompson lately has been unbelievable. Uh, very... Definitely didn't get paid by the word. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all right. All right. Um, you, is, is, you're, to the point about the 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 street, the neighborhood feeling. Please. Please. Like I do, I do think that's one of the most humanizing elements of the film. Like, is is the neighbors like you know, like the the, the wife like sipping her sipping her drink, like when they start fighting, like it's always got to be a fight. You even get like a whole thing with that kid running out of the house first, and you see him like run through like another house and like steal beer and like 
And then like, you know, there's like there's a lot of like these humanizing elements throughout it. I thought even uh, even the landlord, uh, it's a rented house. I got to I really sympathize with the landlord, despite the fact that he ends up being the killer. Part of me is like, I want to kill someone, too, if they did that to my house. (laughs) This is a decent neighborhood. (laughs) Kevin Dunn is pissed. Kevin Kevin Dunn's big moment. Has he had has he ever had a bigger role? Not since Funkabee's. Dude, he was so fucking fantastic. J. Edgar Hoover in, uh, I think, 13 days with Kevin Costner, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but that was like, I, I that was that. more minimalist. This is, this is, I thought too that the same thing, Travis. This was Kevin Dunn's big night. This was like yeah. his, this is probably the biggest you'll ever see him on screen. For Maybe real? there's a movie I didn't see, like Dunstan checks in or some shit. I don't know where he was, like a main character. Dunn checks in. <laughs> Dunn checks in. Jason Alexander stars with Kevin Dunn. As a chimpanzee in Dunn Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. But yeah, Kevin Dunn's great. Kevin Bacon, really good. When Kevin Bacon gets pissed after he's digging, by the way, he really had to do, I think he actually, he really did hurt himself. All the digging and the pitchforking and right? uh, or not the, the pickaxing, I mean. Yeah, he yeah. really, they were trying that's to find exactly. a light one, apparently, according to the IMDb trivia, that would be easier on him, but it just didn't look as real on screen. So every time you see him throwing a sledgehammer, throwing that pickaxe, he's grinding. He starts his career as this, like, boyish, like, gumpy, like, kid who's funny and kind of wholesome. But then there's, like, 10 years of these ghoulish supporting roles. So I distinctly remember seeing this for the first time and being like, why Kevin Bacon? Like, I'm kind of, like, creeped out and, like, put off from him on the onset uh just because of like his uh, established role as an actor i could never get really into him as like this family man almost at all from from the onset well so he's like a reluctant family man though which is one of the like again a humanizing thing about the story like one of the things i always liked about this movie is like they didn't really need to give you so much backstory and like enrich this character and like uh and some of it's a little cliche but like you know but it's but maybe even more than a little but still it's i i like that you know and and it's funny because it's like you're kevin bacon wrestling with having an ordinary life you've been famous your whole fucking life like you don't you don't you don't have to wrestle with having an an ordinary life but i i did i do like that i mean like he's he it, it it creates this whole tension in the movie uh, between him and his wife and stuff that you you really sense that they have a good relationship overall and that they gen- you know she like at one point she says to him all the eight years i've known you you've never spoken to me like this you get a sense like they have a very loving and good relationship but, but like the the tension that's you know that everything's going to come to a head here for in every way in their lives yeah and uh lisa's character says you guys are like the best couple i know yeah so there's a lot of other people reinforcing the fact that they're a legit couple and she says you're not the only woman who's had to carry a crazy family through harsh times so i i think they're as a couple i find them totally believable and you know ileana douglas and the cattiness that she has with tom which comes right off the bat when she finds out that uh maggie's pregnant Mm -hmm. she and she can envision it and the whole fact of so this is something where I always lost my way with these types of movies. So I want your guys' opinion. So Tom gets awoken because that one night they're partying, having a nice time. And you know, Lisa says, why don't you go under? She doesn't want to do it at first because she realized how powerful she might be. But Tom thinks it's bullshit. He's like, let's do it. So when that happens, you guys are like, well, that's just what happens in the story. Now we're moving forward. Or you're like, that's dumb. It's a type of shit that would absolutely happen at a 
block party for people in their 40s, like just like fucking around <laughs> and on the couch. Like, hey, I got a special talent. What troubles me more is the fact yeah. that after he gets hypnotized, knows clearly that it's because of this hypnotism that he has these weird visions that he waits like, like what, like a month before he goes back and he's like, Hey, what the fuck happened back there? Yeah. He, he calls her the next day and balls her out. But then like, he, he takes him like, yeah, it takes him like a long time to be like, Hey, I want you to undo. He just, before he shows up, like, why did you, but maybe he kind of likes it. He does say to Catherine Irby at one point, this is the most important thing, which by the way, never say to your wife, something's more important to you than your wife. Yeah, but like, I'm, I've never been married. I know that. But, um, but yeah, he said, like, I think that that's it. I think that he's excited about what's going on. This is a new power and a new, new ability. This is like all consuming. There's a reason why he's obsessed with it. He's letting himself be obsessed with it. Now, as far as the hypnotism stuff goes, I agree that that is a believable scene. Um, I always cringe when I see hypnotism in movies. Like I give get out a pass, you know, but like for the most part, like I really like, I just really hate the convention of hypnotism because I really uh. think that hypnotism is bullshit, but you know what, but you 8%, know what? 8% Travis, you could be one. I oh, will shit. say this, her line about, um, hypnotizing people during surgery. I'm like, fuck you. That's bullshit. I've got to look into this. It's a thing. It's a thing that is still happening for brain surgery, even like people practice hypnotherapy to carve open skulls in America in the past 10 years. Re not even repeat what As you just said. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, like, like they'll have they're very, usually they'll have an anesthesiologist on anesthesiologist on hand, to, like just in case they have to put you under. But like for like brain surgery, like you kind of have to be awake. Um, and a lot of times they'll like put you under, cut your skull open, wake you up, have you do the stuff that they need you to do uh, to make sure they're not like you know make it so you can't see anymore. And then they put you back under and then you know sew your head back together, whatever the fuck. Um, but, <laughs> but like but there's people if they're like suggestive, like, and again, like I think hypnosis is bullshit. But like I, there's like legitimate like you know articles and pretty reputable papers about this. I was like, well, shit, I don't know. I found it interesting. Have you either of you two ever been to a hypnotherapist? No, no but I, I do try to see when I watch movies that like when they try to hypnotize the patient, I do try to see if they could hypnotize me by like following along with what the main character is doing. Yeah. That's what it says in the IMDb trivia. If, if he actually follows what hypnotherapists would do. Blah, blah, blah. I've actually been to uh, I tried it once. I went to a real person and I sat down in her office and I tried to cure my fear of flying. Uh, it didn't work. So, from what I understand, like it's it's bullshit. Is this uh, whole idea is the one thing that like that like the basis is like that you would never do something under hypnosis that you would never do under right. any usual circumstances. Why is she like stabs him instead of like maybe has him like bark like a dog? Right, fucking weird. Like your friends and family, are like oh, you're mutilating my friend. <laughs> Yeah, and he has tears running down his face, and Kevin Dunn's like, oh, 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 Joey Luca, oh, oh, what the fuck, man? I nice mean, it was friend, very asshole. Well, and at, yeah. at that point, Kevin Dunn's character was already went through the trauma of his son accidentally killing someone. You think he'd be a little more empathetic, but no, he's got to put on a show no matter what. <laughs> I kind of find Kevin Dunn's character kind of fascinating because he ends up being like not a good guy, obviously, but he ends up. Like saving the day. Um, I got a perfect thing. He ends up being a decent guy, just like he his ends up being a decent guy, just <laughs> like his neighbor. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, but uh, you, you, there's all kinds of signaling going on throughout the movie that he sucks. For instance, the fact that he's constantly checking out underage girls in front of his wife. 
throughout like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, he's just like, that's all he's doing is talking about and looking at underage girls directly in front of his wife. It's like, Christ, obviously he's the killer. You know, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> nope. No, I guess I guess that the, the guy that's really excited about young women's bodies is not the killer. He's actually the, the decent war, the decent one. That's surprising. Right. Oh, hey, that I remember the first time I saw it, I was yeah, I guess I was a little surprised. It's kind of it's always hard to go back to that first time you see a movie, especially sure. when it's been like 18 years. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin Dunn's great. Uh, Ileana Douglas is awesome. All the acting's fantastic. But as far as the hypnosis shit, whatever, that's what starts the thing. It leads to fucking the guy, the Chicago guy. They're filming in Chicago. It's a Chicago movie. They got to have one of the reputable, routine Chicago actors come in, just like when they did The Fugitive. This guy, That guy was in The Fugitive. It ends up being the other you know, soothsayer, the guy who can see oh, the Neil? world. Oh, Neil? Neil, yes, Neil. Neil. Uh, I just laughed when I saw Crothers? the camera. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, Crothers. That's exactly... Travis, that's exactly yeah. what I thought, too. Those are the two things I thought. Oh, hey, it's the guy from The Fugitive in Chicago. He must be a Chicago-based actor. And yeah. Scatman Crothers. So, I, so, like, the Scatman Crothers thing is, like, it's so clearly lifted that it's, like, uh, awkward and annoying. Ileana Douglas's character as being the other kind of shaman, I guess, character, the other kind <laughs> of, she's a witch, you know, the other supernatural touch point in the film. I find her really interesting and well done. I mean, mm. sometimes she's annoying, but like to, to take like the witch character basically, and that's what she just calls herself, which I think is cool. Cause I've known quite a few women that, that consider themselves witches. So it's kind of nice to see that represented for one. Um, and, and for two, like to make her, the comedy, the, the, the comedy relief is a very interesting choice. I thought to, to like, cause she should be the creepy one. She should be, Oh, I'm the one that has opened your mind and all this stuff. But instead she's like cracking one liners and every scene that she's in. And one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is when people just hang up out of nowhere. And I love that it cut to her being like, Oh, all right, well, fuck you too. And hanging up after, after Kevin Bacon hangs up on her, another like little tiny little moment. They just throw little, little things in there. I dig it. And I think they could have maybe benefited from her from maybe doing something other than having him come back to her and her being like, I don't fucking know. All right, see ya. Then completely <laughs> checking out of the movie. Maybe if she had like to fumble her way through a solution of, of anything, like, you know, at all, that, that did kind of bug me. But yeah, funny character. I don't know where she's been lately. By the way, Eddie Bo Smith. Eddie Bo Smith. Eddie Bo Smith Jr. Hell of a what a handle on that's him. That's Neil the cop. And that's also what he's called she, in the credits. Neil the she cop goes to <laughs> the cemetery. He's like, hey, come back tonight. I'll tell you what's up. She goes. No, there. no, no. He makes it very clear. Tell your husband yeah, to come uh, back. Tell daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She I mean, broke daddy. Tell, yeah, tell somebody all those to come bozos here. in that room are fucking yeah. weird. I always I watched it twice this yeah. week, and I'm like, what's going on? These guys are what like very, very intense. But I guess they're acting like Tom was with the paranoia back then. So, does she after she like talks to him? Does does she like report back to Tom on, on any of this, or does she like mm. just leave town? Like, what what the what is this subplot? There's a bigger problem even still in that that she doesn't report back to Tom about it at all. Instead, she's get she gets exposition. She gets shit explained to her. He, like, your son is going to be bothered by this ghost because the ghost wants him to do something specific and you're going to be pestered by this ghost until that is done. So she takes that information, keeps it to herself, goes back home, finds her husband digging the shit out of everything. And I, I got another point to make about that in a second. I do too. But, oh, I better know what it is. I've got so <laughs> many. Yeah. I, but I but goes back to him and she's like, what are you doing? 
who told you to dig? Why are you digging? Please stop digging. Like, what the fuck, woman? You just had this shit all laid out to you. Like, you know, guys in the back, (laughs) right? You know exactly what he's doing, who told him to do it, what he's looking for and why. Why are you being a fucking dick about this for him? Why are you being a hard on? Like, like it's only because it serves the plot, I guess. And then my other point, which I'm guessing you guys are going to agree with me. If you're, if you've been cask of Amontillado, why the fuck are you going to tell somebody to dig? You want to tell them knock down. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least pulverize because it's Uh a man. That's I actually didn't think of that at all. That's fucking great. What I actually thought of is she leaves Neil the cop and she goes back to the house, right? Yeah. It's fucking dark out when she's at Neil the cop's house. They go back, he's digging in the daylight in the backyard. Am I or did I is that assumed to be the same night or did they move on there, from the day? Because I something in between. Uh, all right. whole, yeah, the whole dig remember. That's what I was actually. Like, I don't think there is. <laughs> I don't think there is either. I was kind of like in, in like mildly enjoying myself until the dig. The the dig is like the classic like what 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 are we what are we gonna have like main character do? How about like he has to like dig because he's paranoid, like for like a half hour and like let's let's get rid of the family so we can just like have it concentrate on him. Like well, what at least happen? they give How the about, music like, thing. She has to leave the music thing was fun. Guys? I don't. I didn't okay, was it? We could get into the music thing. Like he's like this, like supposed, like would be musician or even has been rock, popular musician. Rock, rock, he doesn't know fucking paint it black. Well, that's, that's like part, not knowing Happy Birthday. The two. It was a cover. It's a cover. He does. He does know paint it black. He but like he hears the melody and he doesn't know exactly which song that he's looking for. He knows he knows the melody and that's why he's going through all of his records trying to find the melody to figure out what song it is that's in his head. So like. Yeah, which that could work, that could not work. Um, yeah, I don't know, Mike. How'd you like the deep, the, the many dream sequences in this film? You know, I actually was not bothered by this. <laughs> There's some decent, decent dream sequences, the way it's constructed. Uh, not great, but decent. I see them as okay. I, to me, I, only, I saw the yeah. one well, the, when he goes home that night after he's been hypnotized, when they have sex. Yeah, he woke up uh, and then he had another dream through that. That I, I can allow, but I didn't really see another dream sequence after that, unless I missed something. Oh, when he wakes up on the couch and his boot is underneath the couch, and he, and he... oh, that's right. Oh, fuck yeah! Huge see, dream sequence. Yeah, the the one where the future is laid out for him in the dream, and then yes. it actually happens right after yes. the fact. Yeah, that... yeah. I very I much thought of you. That. Thank you. You're right. You were completely right. correct on that. That was the one. The other one didn't bother me. I, although I thought it was really bizarre. I don't know why they do this in these movies. You guys know they do these in scary films where they mix sex and violence together. I just don't know why that oh, has to I be actually, thing. I actually kind of like right. that because it made sense because his mind is, for the first time, open up to the ghost. And the ghost is totally, I mean, like, they don't, they, they don't make it super obvious, but it's pretty clear she's being raped when she's murdered later on. Like, she, there's rape that's happening here. They're just not being super explicit about it. But, like, his movements and stuff. Oh, it, yeah. It, so she's traumatized. So he's feeling her her trauma he's feeling her ptsd like she she like to her she's like as like any like you know naturally she's like seeing sex and it's triggering this stuff for her and it's and in turn it's triggering it for him so i actually thought that was pretty well done um like you know like it's disturbing as it should be the nail snapping and all that stuff but uh, i actually thought that was pretty well done if you look in the mirror and it seems like there may be a small issue with one of your primary front teeth are you gonna <laughs> proceed to tear it out of your skull that well that was a dream that was a yeah that was all that was an image he was just looking right. in the mirror and he thought it happened and didn't it's like oh, right. oh oh i'm fine now it's that classic thing where the guy what's the other movie the guy tears his face off from the mirror but he's fine then that happened somewhere 
<laughs> the Royal Tannenbaums? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's how, cool. It was it's just a mirror. How about all right? So here, here's a couple complaints about the, some of the creepiness. Um her recorded walking backwards and then played forward like that. So she's like all jerky, like that whole bit. Like, I'm like, okay, we've we've like uh, this is probably not the first time. Like, that's that's okay. I wasn't crazy about it, but it was okay. What I had a problem with. There's a fucking straight up. The, the, there's a there's a tool sober moment. You guys catch the tool sober <laughs> moment where the screen just clips real quick to like a head moving really quickly back and forth. Oh and, yeah, and the, the fucking uh-huh. like sound like oh my god, we're so in the nineties. They're doing the tool yeah. video thing. Like every fucking thing for like ten years had to do the tool well, head. Who did it first? Is that the Jacob's ladder move or the tool move? That's the classic headspin, Jacob's Ladder. That's true. Well, and then what came, came first? House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill brought it back in '99, but it was so, well, this was this was '99. Yeah, '99 um, was the year of the tool move. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I guess, that's I guess interesting, through, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking about Stir of Echoes here. We've been talking about it for a while here. We're talking about, you know, I, Half this, an hour. even though we uh, made fun of you, made fun, Eric. You made light of the yeah. scene. Kevin Bacon really puts himself into that. And I actually was, I was kind of moved. But by the time he starts saying, you know, the whole spiel that Travis already alluded to about this is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And my life is ordinary up to this point. Even after that, he walks away. He's like, I can't stop. I won't stop. He's very, very emotive about it. And I thought it was really good acting in, which is weird because it's supposed to be like a scary movie to me where I don't expect that quite often. I thought I really bought it. I did. This guy's this guy obsessed. He can't stop. He cannot We're, stop. And he's really trying to express that to his wife, who should have, as we already covered, he she should know what he's going through by now because she already went to the expositionist. She doesn't bother telling him. You do realize we're going to have to talk about another movie about where someone paranoiacally digs in their backyard while their wife leaves town because she can't handle it anymore. Oh, that's true. We're going to do that very soon. <laughs> we are. Well, that's going to be funny, though. So that's fine. <laughs> hey, this one was less funny. And he, he made, So what about this kid? All right. So, oh, my God. Oh, fucking kid, dude. Oh, oh, what is that? Oh, tell me what There's that so means. many issues with this kid. My primary issue with the kid, I can deal with like a creepy kid seeing ghosts. They don't even like help him or even like like talk to him about like his issue that's going on. Even by the end of the story, like what what, what the fuck is going on here with this someone hitting you child? There's there's no, there's no consolation. Um, well, the I mean, like, really, only the only person that understands is Tom, but he's trying to use him, his son. Hey, his how mother. about ask him to see what the fuck the ghost wants? So we're right. gonna have to sit here wondering. And well, he does try to do that a little bit on the couch after they come home from that second party or whatever, where the fuck they were. Oh no, right. when, the, when, starts- the, when is. So at the sister steals him, that whole thing happened, and then they come back from that. That was a whole other affair. A- another really bad actor, that babysitter, like trying to like y- yelling at oh, the fucking Jesus. train station is so really. It's, it's hard. Like to it watch. was blatantly bad. I thought it was just I like mean, standard my, issue. What is the plan? <laughs> what is this babysitter's plan? Like, she's not. Like, t- she's not trying to run away with the kids. She, if she is taking it to her mom, who works. Who works at the train station? Like that's, that's the say. beef I had, though. That's the beef I have with it. It's not. I didn't think about the girl's bad acting. I thought about this mother. She could have cut that scene in half by saying, "Oh, I'm the mother, and that's why she's here." No, instead they let she them all say go. Now, right away, there's a whole oh, bunch yeah. of stuff like, "Hey, shut!" The cop shuts her up like three times. Oh, who are you? And what's this? It's like, dude, just say you're the mother. That's why you're at the train station. They're not trying to take off. 
I do oh. like that um, it's not like the movie is not simply about a haunting. It's about being psychic and living in a haunted place. Because um, like the whole sequence where like he's seen red when he looks at her and danger like that all has like nothing to do with the ghost. Like, I mean, like I, like I, I think that when I first watched it or maybe the first couple times I watched it, I thought like the ghost was doing it or something. I didn't quite understand that he was like, I'm, he's psychic now. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like the, the moments, especially where he, like, you know, like he knows that her grandmother has died before the grandmother. Like, no. So there's like, there's like kind of like two things going on at once. It's a, it's a supernatural story, but it's also like a, you know, classic kind of psychic movie in some ways. And that's, that was kind of cool. He gets really thirsty after the visions. Oh, that's so yeah. dumb. Orange juice. Who wants to chug orange juice to quench their thirst? No, honey, uh, honey I bought all the orange juice. <laughs> it did remind me a lot of Roy Neary character in uh, Close Encounters, uh, yeah. as far as the paranoia was concerned. <gasps> I have too much of a problem with that. Did Minute Maid give like 50 grand for this movie? Or what? <laughs> the orange juice looked delicious. I did no. want to. I mean, it made me want to go chug orange juice, but I have an unopened carton in my fridge, so not that much. God, that just sounds so horrible. If, if I was dying of a thirst, who came up with this stupid character quirk? Hey, let's make him really thirsty. But you know what he's really thirsty for? Not water or Gatorade or he like Pedialyte. MGD at the party. Yeah, he does slam a beer at Eliana Douglas's house. That was a desperate. That was right at the beginning, though. He, he didn't even know what the thirst was. He just knew no, no, he was thirsty. When he goes back. Oh, when later? he goes back. When yeah, when he goes oh. back and asks her, when he, the second time he when goes he kicks out the, her friend. By the way, is yeah. that her lover or her friend? I wasn't really clear. I kind of she... think that that would be a lover. I kind of. <laughs> yeah, think. that's what I thought yeah. too. Like because they're gonna be drinking and well, I don't know. I don't. Anyways, that doesn't matter. But I kind of like it if it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, I think that I think they would have made it more more overt in a, in a different in another time if it was made today. I um, thought maybe she was like a uh, uh, what would you call a client of hers even maybe you know she wanted to come over and like talk yeah, about maybe. her psychic experience. Who um, cares? That's not part of the movie. But yeah, the kid no. sucks. You guys are really. I didn't think. Did we get it clear from you, Travis, why the kid bummed me out? Because I don't know. Just, I, mean, I just thought. I just thought he was like. Look again. Like we've been over this. I clearly don't like child actors. I just don't. They're usually pretty. Neither bad. do I. I mean, because for the for the same reason, I don't like bad actors. Like they're just not good at it. You know, if they're not good, they're not good. They can't all be fucking. You know, Bobby Millie Brown, whatever the fuck her name is. I always get it wrong. Um, you know, so I I try to give him some credit, but like. It just feels very much like someone like was you know like David Coop Coop was off screen time, yeah. Yeah. directing. He was he was directing the child. He was coaching the child. Be creepier. Be creepy. More. Be You're creepier now, Daddy. Yes. Right. Like that. Like there's, it's just Stupid. it just felt like um, it took me out of it almost every moment that the child speaks. It took it took because every moment. And, you know, maybe he, just remind, remind me that I was watching a bad actor. Which again, why, like he's a little kid, but you know. Why did it matter that the kid could see ghosts at all? If he gets hypnotized and he has to go through this story, this ploy, this plot to figure out the murder, why does it matter that the kid sees him? Because it's like creepy. Because he doesn't know? die from the feathers. Which again, like, what was he going to sprint upstairs to the bed and lay down the, the second he got in, and like, the, yeah. the, 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 he would not have been in any. Like, obviously, it's good that he wasn't there for a shootout, but he wouldn't have been anywhere near the bed. No, where that hey, we're going to put you to bed while we have this big fight downstairs. Right, like she she comes in the in the, in the house with a knife in hand. If anything, she would have left him out in the car. Like she's which he yeah he reminded her though, take your purse, mommy. He might have saved her life. Yeah, and I like and I like that she's like she comes in like like she knows something's wrong. She senses something wrong, which doesn't take a psychic. 
like this, she senses something's wrong and she comes in and she, and she saves the day. I mean, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn, who inexplicably fires off shot. a shot, fires off a shot. Like what? I guess he shoots it into the sky to like make, you know, the audience think that he killed himself. So movie lameness. One on one. You're right. He yeah, didn't but, shoot anybody. It's an right. audience no. fake out. It's he shot him to get him out of there. So There's no need for a second shot because he was way out of the bottom of the basement right. by the time he, he was upstairs. But and the people staying on the front porch didn't hear the the gun <laughs> fire. Yeah, yeah. But, this okay, is a right. decent neighborhood. Come on, there should be people <laughs> engaged in the situation. Well, what is, what is with this girl too? Like, I mean, God bless the young actress. She does what she can. Like, is like, is there supposed to be like? Is she just like? Like uh, naive or something, because that neighbor's like, "Oh, she's retarded. She's a retard." They're like, "Oh, yeah, but he's, that guy's like, an asshole. That guy's an asshole." He, oh yeah, yeah but she's there's just nothing a, wrong with her. Like, she's like, just a, yeah, she just could just be like a something. nerd or something. Yeah, she just be a socially inept. Like, hey, nobody likes me. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with her, except what they think. Oh, I don't know. She wore glasses. There is no immediate like. Uh, no, deficiency that can be no, that, or, except that she was uncool. Hey, you know what? She's uncool, so she's a loser. She deserves to die. I will like, say, like, uh, like the other dude, like the like the uh, the landlord or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think they took it. I'll, I complain a little bit about this location. I, I personally think the film would have done better and had more to say in like a suburban neighborhood, like a typically ninety suburban neighborhood. But the one thing I do like is this: the fact that this landlord is is trying to cover up this murder for like the purposes of gentrification call it what you want to i don't think they they milked well, enough. Oh, no, 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 no 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 his son was yeah there. They're, they're trying to save their children's lives yeah it's got nothing to do isn't with he trying to cover up the murder so like his his his, his so uh, neighborhood won't be like murder capital of chicago what maybe no. kevin dunn has some view of that but the main I thing thought is that was to the save whole their... idea of that character no the, their children were the murderers and they're protecting their children their sons yeah Oh, yeah. well, I think there could have been something there, like, hey, cover up the murder so we could, like, these uh, rents will go through the roof because the neighborhood. That could be a tiny part of it. Yeah, like absolutely... maybe a little bit, but like, yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's hard. I never rent, that. rent murder? Come on, you like tenant fraud. What is uh, this, Pacific uh, Heights? Pacific Heights? There's something there. <laughs> this... Fuck Yo, it, man. I'm remaking As soon it. as that jackhammer goes off across the street, the guy, they show you a scene of the guy noticing that, and right, he and owns like, that fucking house. Which it makes like, sense for him to be like, what the fuck? You shouldn't have a jackhammer. And by the way, did you buy a used jackhammer because all the paint is scraped <laughs> off of it <laughs> that yes. fucking goes man and the guy the guy who's already covered up a murder and is very aggressive clearly he's an aggro dude he's like oh this is a rental gosh darn it and then he goes about his business for like <laughs> another so five funny, eight hours that's, that's another one of my points about uh yeah rental horror come on now rental yeah. horror <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I rent a house. I cannot begin to imagine the state I would need to be in to take a sledgehammer to the fucking basement floor and be like, oh, I'm going to pay for that. Don't worry. I'm sorry, but you wouldn't watch a slasher film where a fucking landlord goes around like uh, like causing murders or something to like like have some sort of weird calculated effect on the cost of living in his neighborhood? <laughs> Isn't that, what is that? The, the backwards of a uh, dollar bill from The Crow? <laughs> ah, yes well done uh well you know if i had better if i hadn't had audio issues we could go another 10 minutes but i do have oh, to go shit. so i want to let's oh, let's wow. uh come to a conclusion on this even yeah. though we still got 40 wow. minutes so let's see fucking like, guy yeah hey what you do gotta you gotta go i can't believe my audio was fucked that never happens to me that was a rare moment but these oh. things happen so Tra- eric travis who wants to go first go should ahead, i go travis. first I, mean, goes, I don't know who goes first anymore uh, you picked it, but I haven't gone first in a while. I'll go ahead and go first. Um, 
I like uh, there's plenty of things that I like about this movie that I've always liked about this movie. I like that at the end of the movie that the kid has no resolution, like you said, Eric. I mean, like the the thing ends for it ends for Tom. He gets his door back closed. I guess. Well, actually, does his door even get closed? Does Tom continue to be psychic? I guess according to Neil, he's clear, but I don't know. But I like that the kid is still like, well, he's he's still clearly fucked. Like he's like covering his ears as, as the movie ends. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is actually the slow push on the U-Haul van at the end, where you see Catherine Irby and Kevin Bacon going back and forth as they're carrying stuff out of the house. And there's this moment where they just kind of like touch hands and very slowly like hold hands and keep moving. Um, you don't you don't get like this big tearful scene like, hey, we have resolved all of our issues. Like, I understand uh, our, our marriage is no longer threatened. Like, it's a really, really well done scene of showing them moving, literally, you know, <laughs> it's the word moving is right behind them, uh, like moving forward. So I, I, and like having that that moment of connection, that's like even more, I think, powerful in some ways than like a kiss or something like that. So I, so I, there is tons of stuff that I like about this movie. When it ended, though, like I sat there for a while just being like, does it hold up? Ah, like I, I thought about maybe putting this one in the rare memento class uh, of like, but I really try not to do that. Uh, I do think that it's one that like if you've never seen it before, it's going to have a pretty big, you know, it's going to have a bigger impact on you than if you haven't. Like, obviously, um, you know, that's kind of the premise of lots of movies, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it is. But as far as like holding up on, as far as rewatchability goes, like this, this goes down some really familiar paths and, uh, you know, tre tread some pretty familiar ground. Um, and ultimately, I, I got pretty bored through a lot of it. And uh, I, 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 I'm going to have to say that it just barely doesn't hold up. Uh, I would recommend watching it if you've never seen it before. You're not listening to this if you haven't. Um, but, uh, it's not something like it, when it was over, I was not like, you know what? I, I really should have revisited that sooner. No, I, I, I was good. So, <laughs> okay. There it is. Go uh, ahead, Mike. All right. Well, uh, I chose this movie. It's called Stir of Echoes and it has Kevin Bacon and, and other people. Kevin Dunn. I love Kevin Dunn more than Kevin Bacon. Six right. months. Six uh, <laughs> Kevin Dunn, getting emotional, powerful, very aggro, too, at times. He's a weird character, but I love that character alone. I can watch this movie just because Kevin Dunn's in it, and he's a lot of fun for me to see him on screen, even when he's in terrible emotional pain. So <laughs> it's just real simple for me. Uh, it moves quickly. Sure, there's bullshit, uh, but I'm not, like, aficionado of this particular genre, so it's just like, is it in interesting enough for me? Yeah, it's interesting enough. Actually, last week I thought about the memento uh characteristic and i was like no yeah i like you agree can't pull that out very often we got to keep that to a minimum so i'm not doing that i just think uh i think it's entertaining enough uh a little stale the kid sucks neil the cop whatever <laughs> neil um, the cop neil brothers <laughs> eddie buddies but eddie buddy eddie smith jr uh whatever the hell his name is good good chicago land actor no doubt about it. So this movie holds up because it's fun enough for me i don't have there's nothing in it that's like egregious on um a level that like societal standards would be like, oh god, that is taboo. There's really not a lot of taboo stuff in this at all. If anything, it's just like it shows you the movie can go through the test of time and not really have to put itself by stepping in shit to look worse in 20 years or so. So, good job, Stir of Echoes. It's a rock solid movie. It's not a mind blower. It's not the greatest movie ever, but it it holds up. This movie sucks. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> hold up at all. 
Uh, cliche buffoonery from start to finish. Some interesting things in '99, but uh, for me, that's the story is 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 all over the place. Like it's these small things. Like if you're gonna have like one of your opening scenes be your your wife saying she's pregnant and you like being disappointed about it and be like, oh bummer. But like at the end, you don't have some commentary on it. Like maybe like you, you can have him like pick up and kiss his son and be like, family's everything. There's <laughs> nothing really there at all. Like True. he hardly even talks to his son unless like he wants to like get out some info from him. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 for the whole affair just seems like something that like an eighth grader would think is scary to me. Uh, there, there's some flirtation with maybe like how you could comment on how you have to come to terms with change and growing up we've got this like musician who like is is worried about that he's no, not going anywhere in fact he's openly complaining about it they don't really say too much about uh, the evolution of this character he's just like guy gets weird gets paranoid they figured out who killed the woman it's over it's not enough for me and and you know I, god bless you if you like it I'm, I'm glad that you like it for me i think this is tired limp trash that doesn't hold up at all Totally knew that, that you felt that way because in our ongoing text thread, you sent us a picture of Kevin Kevin Bacon's face and then the emoji of like like the half a frowny face, which kind of suggested to me that you felt half frowny about the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a spoiler alert. That's fine, Didn't change my opinion of anything. I stuck true to my guns. I find it really interesting, not only that you picked a horror movie, but that you found that it hold up, and then the two horror fans yeah. were not a fan. That's interesting. Wow. That's a, yeah, if anything, it makes sense, probably, because, like I said, you guys are more diverse and much more well-versed in all that well, shit. Well, I so. mean, you know, it's whatever. I mean, like, it's... I, I, trash I, is I, trash, it, man. No, no, I'm I'm genuinely <laughs> glad that, like, one of us said that it hold up, because, I mean, like, I find it to be a pretty middling movie, so, like... It is. Know, like, um, so, uh, on... Middling movies can hold up, by the way. So. Sure, Absolutely. On the Facebook, we recently did our, uh, what is it, every two months we do the listener's choice selection. Uh, I chose the supposed closet of movies to be chosen from, uh, and we have a winner. The winner is 1989's The Burbs, which does in fact... (laughs) <laughs> it does in fact feature someone digging in the backyard and the wife leaving as mentioned earlier um so this is a movie that uh you know when we do this uh the, the selection game it's often you know ends up being something that we are usually pretty sure how we feel about going in uh there's not necessarily a lot of question whether or not it holds up but i'm really looking forward uh to watching the burbs and talking about it next week with you fellas yeah, there's no need to tune into this one at the end to find out if it holds up or not. So, yeah, we're just gonna have a lot of fun uh, yeah. nitpicking our favorite parts, talking about the fact that Nikki Cat was in it. Uh, yeah, pizza as, like, dude. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, the next time we go through the rotation, we'll have a guest host again. It will be Eric's wife, Ange. But if you want to be a part of the selection process, follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can play the game. We, we do it every couple of months. And then play the game, it, Harding. Play the game, Harding. And then if you want to supply the uh, list of movies, uh, reach out to us and let us know if you'd be interested in doing that. We, we we can tap, you know, some other folks that are interested in doing that. So by all means, let us know. And we appreciate the support of the Cinema 9 podcast. Reach out, touch me, boo, dude, oh, dude. Okay. All right. So. All right. That's it. Next week, live Cinema 9 podcast at Proton Mail. That song. That song. What is that song? How do I know that song? I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. I'm a professional musician, but I don't know. 
next week, yeah, we'll do the burbs. Uh, boy, I don't even know what I think. I just love the burbs so much. It's just going to be. It's going to be like RoboCop. It's going to be a lot of sound. There'll be a lot of audio on the next week's show. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Uh, it's about a nine on the tension scale there, Rube. So make sure you guys keep it down. Take it easy. Aim with the oh, frame. Sardine. <laughs> we'll see if... We're excited. Uh, we're all going to eat sardines live on air with mustard, wherever the fuck he put... Is it just sardine on a, on a pretzel, really? Jesus Christ, sorry, sorry! We'll see if any of us sneeze repetitively nonstop for the next five minutes afterwards. So. Uh, we're very excited, obviously. Yep, it's going to be great. All right, so uh, if you guys have any comments on our... Uh, Stir of Echoes commentary. Send me an iPod at and you can DM us. Uh, make sure you're letting me know if it's a public DM or not. Apparently, Russell was like, well, it wasn't necessarily for everyone, but hey, he forgave me. I had a feeling. Already, already been cleared up. You had a feeling, and you were right. I had a feeling. I, I am a human who's fallible, and I will make mistakes. I make that very clear. <laughs> I can't stop this feeling deep inside. Oh, we still recording? Uh, yeah. Yep, that's it. All right, thanks, everybody. We're out of here. Do, 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 do.